Hi, I'm Senator Robotnik. Thank you for coming out here to to this press conference. I, I'm willing to field all of your questions. Uh, you, sir, in the front row. Yes, thank you very much. So, as we understand, in this campaign, image is the big problem. And I, I was wondering, how are you going to convince everyone that you're still good-looking and always cooking? <laughs> well... Uh, you know, I, we, we have a great campaign, uh, planned this, this year and, and just, just, just emphasizing the good in our society and the good within ourselves. And, and, and I've also got a great, great, great guy who makes these nice hair pieces for me, <laughs> you know, to keep the shine off. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, do you mean to say that you're going to be shaking and baking? Yeah. Well, I I do spend some time in the kitchen, you know, and, you know, but shaking and baking is really a great metaphor for our society, because if we don't bake, how can we ever get the nutrition? And if we don't shake, we can never truly get far in the world. Uh, Senator Robotnik, uh, yes, Uh, hello, and Antoine Depardieu. Uh, if you would uh, be so kind as to uh, tell us, will your SWAT bots be hot or not? Uh, as, will they be hot shots uh, or will they just be a pl- big plot? Some kind of foreigner? Yeah, and follow up to that, uh, are, are you going to juice them or loose them? Well, hold on, hold on. Where, where are you from? Are you, do you have a green card? <laughs> uh, uh, please, uh, uh, please answer the question, uh, Senator. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on. Are you in this country legally? Uh, yes, I'm I, sick uh, of you, you, you French peoples, take, coming in and trying to take the jobs from our SWAT bots. Please, I am third generation. I have been roboticized several times. I just, uh, you know, it's a sexy accent. But uh, do you think that the bee's knees will fall from the trees this year, or will there be a sort of uh, Can we get him problems? out of here? Can what? we? Can we remove him? What? Get get your hands off of me! I am I am the Casper Jamal's. Alrighty. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's all the time I have for today. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm Senator Robotnik, and I look forward to your support. Blue streak speeds by. Sonic the Hedgehog. Too fast for the naked eye. Sonic the Hedgehog Sonic, he can really move Sonic, he's got an attitude Sonic, he's the fastest thing alive That that seemed pretty good to me. Nice ad-libbing, guys. (laughs) Yeah, that felt like a lot of intros all at once. Yeah, that's why I kind of like. I was I was not expecting you to deport me, but that yeah, worked, yeah, that, that, that worked was really a, well. The minute you went French, I'm like, I want to deport this guy. I don't know what that says about me as a person. Uh, <laughs> your instinct. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Zane, I like your take on it. How you were talking about you were three generations roboticized. Well, that's the thing, that's the, right? Yeah. Because like that's his master plan. Is like, hmm, it's hard to assimilate people. What if they were robots? He's taking he's taking a shortcut to the whole you know getting public support thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I, I kind of dig. Like, There's I, a few I like ways the, you can get a hundred percent support. I like the bizarre Skynet angle of this show that I was not anticipating. Yeah, it's it's post-apocalyptic in a way I wasn't really expecting, and, and a way that I found more interesting than most of the other parts of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we should get into it. All right, let's okay. get started. Welcome, everybody. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. 
And uh, I'm Josh McLeod, the guest on this podcast. Thank you, Josh. Uh, And today we are talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, the TV series, also known as Sonic Sat-Am. Satam. 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 Hail Satam. Yeah, Uh, I I always found that uh, Satam as a much meatier substitute than tofu. (laughs) Uh, And we are the Cartooncast. Um, Cartooncast. We can watch cartoons. Cartooncast, we look like buffoons. Cartooncast, watching cartoons till we die. <laughs> or until we're roboticized, either one. <laughs> yeah. Some, some call that the true death, the most metal death. Oh, because you get turned into metal? Yeah. Right, right you are, Zane. <laughs> uh, Good point, yeah. Kevin. So, so uh, yeah, Joshua, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. Well, thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, it's it's a great pleasure and honor, and I'm not just doing the politician thing again. It really is. It's really nice to be <laughs> Robotnik. here. Yeah, well, well, thank you so much for uh, coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, uh, you yourself are part of a podcast, the Misty Cast. Yeah, I'm part. I am the co-host of a Mystery Science of the first, not necessarily the best, Mystery Science Theater 3000 podcast known as the Misty Cast. Uh, each, um, our shows are kind of down at this time and we're actually going to be ending soon, oh, uh, wow. to produce other ventures, but each, each episode we sort of pick a topic related within the Mystery Science Theater universe and discuss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to hear us bitch about the first two episodes of the new series that came out, uh, about <laughs> half a year ago, you can find us on SoundCloud while SoundCloud is still a thing. We'll we'll put up the uh we'll put up the link in the show notes. I listened to them myself and I thought that you were actually very fair. Um, I can't remember if it was you or your co-host who kind of made a point about the Mystery Science Theater crowd, like the fans, kind of down on the new series because it's not exactly like the old one. I thought that that conversation was very measured and made a lot of sense. It probably wasn't me because I think I was a little a lot more cynical. That's kind of the advent <laughs> I take when it comes to the Misty cast. Is I'm the cynical one in the group. Yeah, that is I'm, how you pitched yourself to us in uh, over Facebook. I'm <laughs> and we're like, we got to get Joshua on. There's other episodes that that are out there where I am just like nothing but negative Nancy about the whole damn thing. I'm like, why do we need a new one? I don't want a new one. Great, yeah, I they refer to you as the two sneeb- people now. They refer to you as the Sneebly of the podcast circuit. Yeah. <laughs> did did you guys? A- did you guys take note of that guy? He's a big facet of the show and of the comic series as well. Yeah, he's I, a fixture in the community. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Like this character just persisting episode after episode. I'm like, why is why is Charlie Adler here? Yeah, I doesn't he have better is. things to do? He he must have, but like <laughs> then he he like they foreshadow like he's gonna be the big villain of the third season that never happened. And like, <laughs> did you okay? Before we get into everything, yeah, we, we, did we're you going see a little fast episodes here. where they went back in time. I watched I all didn't. 26, so yes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, you you monster. I watched like four. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they go back in time, and the reason he hates like Sonic and his gang, it's a Lex Luthor reason. He made, they, <laughs> they, they made him lose his hair? Yeah. Yep. They, they did science, and he lost his hair, and he's like, you'll regret this. <laughs> that's that's pretty good Charlie Adler. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't um, even trying oh. for that. So, so before we totally get into that other stuff, uh, yeah, I yeah. did want to mention. Um, so, you said that your podcast, uh, the Misty Cast, is is probably ending soon, uh, and that you were doing other ventures. Is there anything that you'd like to plug to put out on the horizon that we might look for? Uh, I'm starting kind of a historic archive because I'm a big historian person, and I'm talking with 
several television uh, fixtures and producers and things like that. And what I try to do uh, outside of a podcast sort of ways, I just sort of try to let them tell the story of their lives and then okay. just interject like, hey, what's the story of this? I just interviewed uh, Paula Beta. And for those of you who don't know, Paula Beta uh, is the co-creator of MXC, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Oh, Nightstand with Dick Dietrich, Super Big Product One Show, and a bunch of uh, Dance Fever, a bunch of shows, and I just posted that, and um, yeah, fun guy to talk to. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, uh, where can we, where, where can our fans find that? Uh, it's on YouTube right now, and it's under the JM Archives. You can probably search Paula Beta interview, and that'd be the first one that comes up. And I'm hoping to do a lot more soon. I have two so far. <laughs> show notes. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's very cool. Yeah, great. Well, um, I'd, so... I'd certainly like listening to the episodes that I did from yours, uh, specifically because ours is kind of similar. Um, our, our our approach to a lot of this uh, these old cartoons, to pick them apart at the seams, to really dive into what makes these things tick, and how a fan of cartoon medium can approach these things, which makes me want to ask this question, why did you make me watch this show? I wanted you to watch... <laughs> <laughs> Let's phrase it a little more why? fairly. What why is your relationship with Sonic the Why did you do this to me? Okay, well, it's a long, long ass story, and uh, and I will. <laughs> you say have right two off, minutes. <laughs> We're gonna I start will say the right clock. off the bat. Okay, let's see if I can do my speed talk thing right off the bat. I haven't watched the show since I was seventeen or sixteen years old, and it, it was. I will be the first to say it was not as good as I remember it. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, that being said, that's our sanity test. That being said, I don't think it's the worst Sonic piece of Sonic media out there. But my relationship with Sonic the Hedgehog, um, Sonic was really the first video game I ever played as a kid on a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember playing it. And uh, the other Sonic the Hedgehog series, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, that's the one that I was the most familiar with as a kid because that's the one that I think had the most VHS releases at the time. Hmm. And that's one that they were still syndicating on television because it was a 65 episode deal. And at the time, uh, you, most of the markets, at least where I am, and I think still the case, would buy that one. I, th- if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think the series we're talking about syndicated or re-aired after 1998. Now, there's a lot more well-versed Sonic the Hedgehog fans that that know better than I do, and I'm always afraid I'm going to say something wrong or earn their ire, <laughs> but. My knowledge is I don't think this re-aired in America after 1998. I, I don't think you have to worry about, uh, you know, uh, making Sonic hate, fans hate mad. Mail. They're probably too busy tossing off to Tails fanfic or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Hey, first of all, ick. Yeah. But but I was a big Sonic the Hedgehog fan, and I got really back into it in 2003, and then the Shadow the Hedgehog video game came out, and that really killed my love for the franchise. Yeah, they, they went in a really strange direction, and not one that was, like, it's one that was kind of heralded by Sonic's main appeal in the first place. You know, he's got an attitude, you know, that whole thing, yeah. uh, where they're trying to make this character edgy. Sometimes they do it better than other times. Um, I liked him in the presentation of the original games, him just kind of being impatient and like wagging his finger and kind of smirking. I think yeah, it's all super approach. on point for a speedster character. Like it makes sense that he would be an impatient sort. But the surfer jive and like the, you know, constant bullying of his friends and, and <laughs> you know, trash talking the villains, it's just a little too much for me. Yeah, I feel that, like that's, that's in everything subsequent to this. 
Yeah, they 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 went in a strange direction with him. Uh, although I will say, my favorite Sonic product, uh, Sonic Adventure Two Battle, he pulls it back a bit. Yeah. I think the attitude thing is also just an extension of when this came out, which was the early 90s, where everybody had an attitude. Like, it was a selling point. Yeah. They were, they uh, were all skateboarding and, you know... It was a gnarly time. Tagging tra- well, tagging buses. You know who Sonic Sonic's attitude... You know who he's based on? He's based on two people. Do you know who which two people he's based on? Stefan Urkel. Uh, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> okay. You think, you're thinking of the the nineteen. You're thinking of the television series Family Matters, which will embark and back into this. But uh, he was <laughs> yes, based we'll talk on, about that in a minute. He was based on a combination between then presidential candidate Bill Clinton and Michael Jackson. What? what? <laughs> Cite your sources. <laughs> Flawless. Because yeah. it, it was based on Bill Clinton's kind of his hip, sort of young, new attitude. Because back at the time, the big appeal he had was. He was sort of going against the grain of the Reagan-Bush era before him, where these for 12 years, kind of these two stuffy old guys were the ones calling the shots, and he was sort of the breath of fresh air at the time. Yeah, I, I, that was part of his image as well, what with, uh, what with uh, Silly Billy having his, uh, playing his saxophone. Yeah, playing yeah. the sax, going out there, having sex with Jennifer Flowers, doing all sorts of stuff. Recruiting Lionel to the cause of the Thundercats. Mm-hmm. This is all well-established. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't listened to the Thundercats episode, I do a pretty good Bill Clinton at if he was a Thundercat impression. That it's, I think it's a niche market. That I think you'll love. Yeah, a very small but very appreciative clientele for that one. But the the Michael Jackson angle is interesting. I knew that Michael Jackson had done work on some of the Sonic music. I didn't know that he was serving as inspiration. Well, he was because again, this was '91, so he was still pretty pretty big at the time. This was before the. The, the the first child sex scandal, which I think broke in ninety three or ninety four, hmm. so he was he was seen as kind of the hip young. Pre, I mean, if it wasn't going to be him, it was going to be Macaulay Culkin. You know, that, they were that, sort of the mm, they I were sort know. of the big ones. The, well, that's what I remember. They were sort of the big <laughs> ones at the time. Ben, Ben's trying to make sense of all these pop culture references. You yeah, they, with. they don't fit in the same box. Like uh, well, they're I very watched, strongly delineated for me. I watched a lot of I Love the 90s. I watched that miniseries like uh, eight times as a mm, kid. So. It's starting to come together now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll just give a little bit of the production on this show itself. Um, so Sonic the Hedgehog, also known as Sonic Satam? Is it Sat-Am. Sat-Am. Saturday Satam. Saturday AM Satam. I, th- I thought they both ran Saturday morning. No, it's because S- Sonic sat in America. That's what it is. I see. Yeah. Uh, and this ran in 1993 and 94 on ABC alongside Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog or Sonic Aost? That's, yeah. We'll get that into that be. in a minute. Uh, and that <laughs> no, ran from was... 93 to 96. Which one of these Sonic continuities was the Archie comics? Uh, the one we watched, Sadam. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. The, the, the art styling seemed similar. Or maybe not the art styling, but like the flavor of the whole thing. Like it's mm-hmm. just a little bit, a little bit candy colored. The 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 main character. And I'm trying to remember which came first. In my memory, so the, I think the, the comic I believe, came first. But we'll get back into that. Yeah. So these shows like started within a month of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Sonic, the the comic might have started slightly before the shows, but then like drew a lot of inspiration from it, and then went off into its own thing. Um, many of the same people were involved in both series. 
Um, but Satam was intended to be more of the overarching plot show, uh, and Adventures is more episodic and goofy. Um, and of course, both are based on the video game Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I, I kind of like the plot structure of this, to be honest. Like, it doesn't do much. There, there's not much behind it, but it's it's all pretty self-consistent, and it doesn't wreck my conception of any of the characters I'm, that I like. I am fascinated by the idea that they just said, like, we don't know what age we want to, like, get advertised to or which, like, uh, uh, atmosphere we want to do, so we're just going to put out both. If you bought the, hmm. if you bought the DVD... There's a because the Shout Factory put out a special DV, a special uh, four disc DVD back in 2007, and it has an interview with one of the writers on the show, and he said that when it was pitched, that uh, they were just shown like four levels of the video game. They really weren't told who this character was. <laughs> That's they awesome. To, they sort of had to formulate it themselves, and I think a lot of a lot of it was subsequently came from a, a the story bible because you know cartoons have bibles that get written about them to tell you like okay this character is sonic he's he's cool he does stuff and i think oh you mean like the pamphlets they come with like yeah. on, with the cartridge yeah the yeah, literature sort of the the proselytizing literature yeah. in fact i think i think give me a minute i think i have somewhere i think with one of the dvds came a part of that bible i'm gonna go see if i can find it real quick yeah okay Keep on call, calling it Sonic Satam. I mean, follow, follow your dreams. <laughs> Man, he knows a lot. <laughs> this is good. We, we need Yeah, this. no. I, I, this is one I, of the benefits going... of having guests, is that we don't need to know as many things. <laughs> Which is good, because I don't. I super don't. <laughs> I, I'm all about the... I'm all about the... Uh... Chili dogs. Uh, I'm so into chili dogs. <laughs> I'm... Ben, have you have you read the literature about our Lord and Savior Sonic, um, and his know, every... twelve apostles, the Chili Dogs? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a band and Chaos Emeralds. Oh yeah, the Chaos Emeralds. <laughs> Gotta find them Emeralds. Name is Knuckles. We have Pumpkin Hill. You know Pumpkin Hill. Okay, so if you bought the Sonic Underground DVD, which did you guys watch any of Sonic Underground? No, nope. sorry. Sure okay, didn't. that one. That one is. If you're gonna have it, I should have picked that one because that one is. It's imagine if this show and Alvin the Chipmunks had a baby. That's basically what Sonic Underground was. Oh man, I, I, I have to Alvin imagine that that thing's a stillbirth. <laughs> but if you ben, bought Ben's critical, Ben's not actually <laughs> critical. He just has a way with words. <laughs> if you bought the, if you bought the Sonic Underground DVD. Uh, in it comes this little pamphlet which shows part of the Sonic Underground Bible written by Bruce Shelley and Anne uh, Bumgarten. Uh, and I'm going to I'm going to excerpt some of it if you if you will sure. hear me out. Absolutely. You're probably, in your, okay. in your uh, most indulgent tones, please. Yeah, let's put a, let's put bonus stage music on in the background while this is playing. <laughs> and now a reading from the Sonic Underground Bible. As written by Bruce Shelley and Anne Baumgarten. With foreword by Michael Jackson. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, Alice, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Alice? <laughs> Anyways, I was born in Mobo, that's short for Mobotropolis, which is the capital of Mobius. 
life was sweet, not anymore. Not since this geek called Dr. Robotnik, I call him Robotnik for short, raised his <laughs> ugly old head, and it is ugly, serious. Know what this Prince of Darkness did? Check it. He closed the schools, closed the libraries, and outlawed music. Which is, meant this, is this Sonic's uncle reading this? <laughs> if Sonic Sir talked Charles? like this, this show would be way better. <laughs> <laughs> he just said, check it. <laughs> one, two. One, two. Sorry, you, you it was my two. Alistair Cook impression. Mm. It's pretty good. The old, uh, there's a slogan that goes, have fun, go to jail. <laughs> Anyways, Peace. Botnik built the robo-swat team that cannonballed around town capturing most of Mobites. Uh, we're talking Blade Runner time, about the only good thing that's left from the old days of chili dogs. Maybe the most perfect food ever invented, and oh my, my favorite dish. Some propaganda. Uh, uh, no way, Butnik. Not while me, my sister Sonia, and my brother Manic are still sucking air. <laughs> and I think we'll end there. I... I can't imagine it getting any better. <laughs> Poetic. <laughs> Still That's... sucking air. That seems like such a good diss against like a robotic tyrannical overlord. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Like, what, you're too good for oxygen over there? Yeah, yeah. Kind of put down his way of life. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what 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 just happened. <laughs> yeah, this this uh sort of robotic in power post apocalyptic setting works really well when you give it that kind of gravitas. Um, a, like, little, a little bit weirder when all of your dramatic like resistance fighters are constantly doing Bart Simpson's impressions. Yeah, <laughs> again, that's another facet that I think was part of the show was the the Bart Simpson mania of nineteen of the early nineties. I think oh, you're right. Yeah. Like I, I constantly was just thinking Bart Simpson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like in a way that I normally don't. Even when there is when there is slang, and there's slang in some shows that you don't expect slang to pop up in, like Kim Possible. It it was never as much Bart Simpson as it was here. <laughs> yeah, they were they were trying very desperately not to have a cow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and to make sure that all of their shorts were eaten. Uh, Zane, we should mention uh, that since this is a uh, multiple of thirty two uh, for our podcast, we are doing, of course, Sonic because we wanted to do another video game show, um, which means that we're going to be putting in a lot of uh, Sonic music, right? Yeah, some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you have any? Uh, I, I, you said that you played some of the games, right, uh, Joshua? Oh yeah. Um, are, uh, we're restricting ourselves to any of the Sonic games, or do you want pre Sadam? Any of them? Any of them. My what, favorite what? tracks are Lava Reef. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flying Battery's got to be up there. Flying Battery's good. I like Labyrinth Zone. No one else. No one picks that one except me. I've okay. heard really good things about the new Sonic, Sonic Mania, that I heard yeah, about. I, yeah, I'm playing. It, it is a very good game. It yeah. brings back the spirit, and it's. I never played Sonic Four, but I feel like this was the better reincarnation than Four was. Hmm. There's no yeah. homing attack. Homing yeah. attack is important. Uh, <laughs> for me, uh, Sonic kind of began with Sonic Three and Knuckles and ended with Sonic Adventure Two Battle. So I kind of don't know anything else about. Uh, like the only other thing I see about Sonic is some ridiculous stuff showing up on YouTube ep- epic fail kind of links every so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually referring to Sonic 06, but sometimes you get a S- Sonic and the and the werewolf werehog. The Black Knight. The Black yeah, Knight. Black. <laughs> um, you know, was... 
Shadow has a gun now. Yep. <laughs> there was a really good um, like Sonic Legacy collection game, but I don't know what it says about me that I liked playing all the non-classic Sonic games. Like I enjoyed the Spinball, and I think there was like a Mean Bean Machine game, and yeah, I don't know how Sonic the Mean Bean Machine game is though. Yeah, no, it's great. You... Yeah, yeah. You you beat Doctor Robotnik by flicking that bean. Yeah. Well, that's not necessary. <laughs> that mean bean. <laughs> that bean ain't going to be mean after this. I can tell you that much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sonic has a, a long and storied history, and as you say, there's like several different shows. Um, what what do you say? Like, what makes this one different from the others, and is it like better or worse? You know, this one is very highly regarded, or was very highly regarded. I haven't kept up with the Sonic fandom in a long time, but this one was the one that a lot of people talked about. Underground and Adventures didn't really get kind of the the legacy and memory that this one got. Yeah, uh, I tried watching an episode of Adventures, and it uh, it it really didn't work for me. What was what was up with it? It's Remember just... Garfield and Friends? Garfield and Friends. Uh, what about it? It had the same aesthetic, but with, like, I don't know, with with an attempt to make a good and evil kind of thing about it. Well, the thing that I was thinking about is that, like, Sonic is a generally, like, really irritating character for me, except when he's a, re- except when he's a rebel against, like, a tyrannical dictatorship. Well, he's sort of always like that. I'm trying to think of his... Well, be- because, well... Of, like, out of necessity, but imagine how he would be just day to day. He'd be, like, your worst friend. Like, the one that you don't invite to basketball games. Now that you mention it, yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> uh, and the basketball game in question is, as you said, this uh, this fight against tyranny. So the the kind of premise of this show is Dr. Robotnik has, has won, uh, and there's just this small band of freedom fighters left to, to try and like form the resistance against his roboticizing, where he takes all the things that are good and natural and, and turns them into soulless robots for... Yeah. Um, you know, evil reasons. Yeah, because evil. There's a couple things here. This reminds me sort of how the plot structure of Mega Man is, which is humanity has fallen. Now what do we do in the aftermath? Which is a twist that I really like, you know? Um, you know, all that Avengers stuff these days was fine and good, but I really like a kind of a post-apocalypse story, and this show does feel very much like Robotnik has won, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he's definitely the establishment He's definitely the one in control, and and watching it from that point of view is a lot more satisfying. With this series, I would say this is probably the most evil Robotnik ever gets, like competently evil. He's doing a Dr. Mm. Claw impression. Yeah. Very Dr. Claw. <laughs> if you ever watched Adventures, he's played by Long John Baldry, and he, he's basically an idiot who just happens. He's yeah. sort of like an idiot savant who just hap. The one thing he's good at is is building robots mm-hmm. and even in the even in the games he's never you never really think this guy's a menacing threat to society there's this thing that happens in 80s cartoons where because we're not really focused on the villain much of the time when they do show up they have to be ineffectual because otherwise how would the heroes continually win um you see this a lot with uh things like he-man where skeletor is kind of buffoonish a lot of the time mm-hmm. and i like that they made him I like that they made Robotnik as uh, as dramatic and and sinister a person in this. Yeah, by, by starting it off with him in a position of power, you can have each episode have the like freedom fighters 
win but still have the stakes high. Yeah, like the battle, they, they win the battle, but the war is still lost. Yeah, they're just kind of annoying him more than like taking back territory. And that was one of the things that was supposedly big with the structure of this show was that they had wins and they had losses. Now, I don't remember any loss other than one. Um, now that you, now that I, well, locked. well, they weren't continued after two seasons. True. I guess that I guess that was kind of a communal loss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, it felt to me like Doctor Robotnik was the one making the moves. Like I'm going to take this power crystal from underground, and they stop him. But at the end of the day, they just kind of prevented further catastrophe. They didn't actually do much to solve the roboticizing of their. Yeah, it's it's a break wall. They're they're mm-hmm. just maintaining the status quo long enough to maybe maybe something will happen. Yeah, they're 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 biding their time, um, which which I don't dislike. I I, I kind of dig that. I also love, I also love the idea of robotization. Like, can can we talk about that? Sure. Yeah, this is his main way of subjugating people. <laughs> this is Turn, amazing. <laughs> turning them, and he puts them like on a dais and hits them with a beam, and just whatever body parts are in that range get turned into metal. So like, there's one character, uh, Bunny. I love who, Bunny. She's great. Like, got got grabbed away at the last second, and so like her legs are robot legs, <laughs> but she's fine. Yep. Yeah, and that they actually in the comic. If we're going to go into the nerd tangent, because there's a there's a couple differences Please. between the comic, but they actually. She, she, because the first 20 issues or 30 issues of the comic are really light and really laissez-faire. And then right around like episode, like around issue 30 or 31, suddenly it, it takes a nosedive and it just becomes super dark. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so she, she gets turned into this robot and for the first 30 issues, it's all super fun and happy. But then it starts to affect her health, as you would imagine it would if you had been thrown into a machine that would roboticize you and then were pulled out at the last minute. Yeah, that is horrifying. Yeah. What it, yeah. like I don't even know what robot means at that point when it's a beam that makes it happen, but I love the angle. Like yeah. the only things that can go against my and it does say something that Robotnik is the only human that shows up like his regime. It like it's very um it's very ferngully. Like the the problem here is humans coming in and wrecking our shit. Mm-hmm. That uh, but like all the woodland creatures kind of have to, kind of rise up against this uh, robot incursion. Yeah, there there are humans in other, you know, Sonic continuities, but I think they're much more like bystanders or status quo, and it, and it's really like the good nature versus the bad technology. Like when he kissed that uh that sun princess in uh, Sonic 06. We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> Let us not talk about the 06. <laughs> Um, but I, I do love how gruesome that transforming an animal into a robot is. Like, that's so much more... Like, imagine a person doing that. Like, a little kid. Like, this squirrel. <laughs> like, he he traps this squirrel and then tries to make it into a robot. Ugh. Robotnik, age 12. Yeah. These are his hobbies. Yeah. And, like, for Sonic, it's personal because his uncle, Chuck... <laughs> Sir Charles. Sir Charles. <laughs> um, Represent. It, is uh, roboticized and like they have that whole like you can fight it, Uncle. I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, I'm gonna need some more power. <laughs> like he's like cough up the dough and maybe I'll come back to your side. <laughs> um, and his uh, his uncle Chuck invented these power rings. So rather than you know 
in in the games sonic gets rings to kind of avoid death here they give him like enhanced powers for a brief amount of time well also in the early games if you got a or maybe not the earliest games but if you get enough chaos emerald and can actually transform into super sonic you need rings to do it so that's actually not any, even i didn't see any chaos thing. emeralds in this did you no Are there there were not well, they, they not only they only played the four levels, and they probably didn't find any of the secret rooms. <laughs> they are, yeah, that, however, they are, they are in, in, there was a special for Sonic, for the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, where they went on a quest to find all of them. It was a movie. Hmm. It was turned into a three-part episode. I remember things. <laughs> the, the good <laughs> things to helpful. remember. I like the Chaos Emeralds as a plot well, hook. Yeah. Well, I mean, if um, we're going memory, uh, April 7th, 2005. You want to know what that is? Uh, that's the that's the I? day that's the first time I ever watched the show. Did you just say in a bunch of numbers and know that we're not going to call you out on it? Yeah, because that <laughs> is a Ben move. <laughs> that, is, that is classic. Um, are there any other details we want to cover before we get into the characters of the show? I think we set uh, it up pretty good. Yeah. Sorry, I so, cut you off. Did Did you have no, something I, else? I was just saying when we get like if we can discuss more about Deke who produced this, but we can wait till later to do that. Oh, well, you know we we know Deke. Yeah. Yep. Do it yourself, entertainment. That's not what it stands for. No, go ahead and t- uh, go ahead and say something about him. I, in watching this, I'm reminded that deep programming never really, it never. I, I'm trying because I've been thinking about it was this. Was never pushing the envelope. Yeah, it never really pushed anything. I mean, the the writing was very safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of a lot of them were very kind of family friendly style shows like Captain Planet and. Uh, Sabrina, Teenage Witch animated series. Oh, I'm looking at their website now. I've actually watched what is known as Horseland. Horseland. Yeah, it's You're it's real bad. It's like a My Little Pony kind of uh, like an early stages of My Little Pony kind of show, where a bunch of rich kids of various ethnicities go to a ranch and ride horses, and they talk to themselves, and the horses talk amongst themselves, and they're all friends. Yeah. It's, okay, it's so, really sappy. <laughs> I, I forgot exactly what Deke did, but yeah, we have uh, Inspector Gadget, Captain Planet. Ins- I think Captain uh, Planet was Turner. Inspector Gadget again? No, Captain Planet. I, I, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Dick DIC Entertainment. It's uh, Captain Planet's right there. Okay. Also, uh, yeah. Sailor Moon apparently. Yeah. So nothing. Yeah, like you said, nothing really. That's. Uh, you know, push, pushing things or, no, pretty, or making things broad new. appeal it's, it's kind very, of stuff. Yeah. Very generic stuff. So, you know, in that context, this isn't, I mean, it's surface level edgy. All right. Well, uh, I think that's pretty much all we have to do. Let's, uh, let's, let's go to the characters. Sweet. We have Sonic. Uh, yeah. This felt like a very experimental phase for Sonic. Mm-hmm. He, he's barking yeah. it up. He's saying a bunch of weird catchphrases that are vague analogies to steroid use, so that's kind of I never thought about it that way. Wow. Hey, you gotta juice and loose, as Sonic, our hero, would say. Wow, that really changes the franchise, now that I think about it. Yeah, like, he's Mark McGuiring himself up for all these races that he goes on. Was that Mark McGuire? Yeah. As opposed to Tobey Maguire, who Spider-Man's up first. Yeah. Right. You're, You're thinking of Tony the Tiger. Who oh, always yeah. make sure that he's doing a great job. Yeah, by getting that white stuff in him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I. how do you guys feel about this iteration of Sonic? Because he was pretty irritating to me. 
I will say this because we're gonna. Are we gonna talk? Do you want to talk now about who voices him? Yes, let's sure. let, let's okay, talk. Okay, say who voices him because I have a retort for that. <laughs> okay, so uh, the, the the voice of Sonic is somewhat incongruously the multi talented Jaleel White. Now, if you're gonna ask me, did he do that? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Urkel on Family Matters uh, sort of broke the show. Broke the 90s, just kind of existed loudly. Yeah, di- diverted attention away from their what they were actually trying to do and toward himself. Okay, I feel like the big the big thing that people always point to and jive about is, oh, ha ha, Sonic was voiced by Urkel. Okay, there have been about seven different actors who have played Sonic the Hedgehog subsequently. Name one that did it better, if you can even <laughs> name an actor that played Sonic the Hedgehog subsequently. The problem isn't that he's like doing the character wrong the problem is i don't think the character works here yeah like it, it's it's surprising like i but point well taken like like i don't I, know what else julia white is even in so it's hard to gauge his worth as a voice actor uh i mean everybody else cool. in, everyone else in the cast is like a top name voice actor yeah everybody else is like a you know uh, is is a cartoon? It's like a '90s cartoon mainstay, like Frank Welker, Kath Susie, etc. Yeah, it's weird that they broke the budget to get the actors for this one because I don't think Deke did that with any of their other shows. Usually, they just farmed it out to the to the vent to the Canadians to do it. Or, <laughs> well, the, well, the writers only they... watched. The, the writers only saw <laughs> or only played four uh, four stages in the Sonic uh, video game, and they only watched four episodes of Family Matters, the four in which uh, he used the cool juice to become Stefan Urkel. And they're like, oh, <laughs> here's the edgiest person we can find. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, I mean, this was the height of Sonic's popularity. They had two shows coming on at once. They're like, okay, we're going to put resources into this because it's going to do really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, like, I, I, I don't have a problem with urkel's like voicing here i don't have a problem with that at all no it's just his his affectation is what does it for for me it doesn't quite fit the setting of this dire place um i don't know i feel like without him the show could have been almost like uh bucky o'hare yeah i I think you're right like the the supporting cast is really strong you know truth and justice and and you know fighting the good fight with like these cool animals like that's that's fine but now and then Son- it, and then like the rest of the cast is doing that and then Sonic jumps in he's like are there any chili dogs whoa Gnarls Barkley watch out it's he like remi- Generator Rex yeah he reminds me of a character I've hated which is have you ever seen One Piece I have yes. <laughs> he reminds me of Monkey D. Luffy only I hated Monkey D. Luffy with the fiery passion of a thousand <laughs> suns he's a real problem yeah, I never got why he was the hero of that year, but regardless, because oh, he wanted to be. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, why? I always liked Usopp. You know, regular person, no, no bullshit. Just, just, <laughs> just MacGyvering his way out of situations. Monkey D. Luffy got magical powers because he didn't do what he was told. Yeah, he was implicitly told, "Do not eat that fruit." He ate the fruit, and by breaking the rules, he was gifted with miraculous powers. That Thanks, is how society. most superpowers are given. Yeah. I mean, you you have to be brash. There's there's no the hero of your show cannot be like somebody who thinks things out in advance. Yeah, they, they, like, no one's a tails coming in. Yeah, and it's it's annoying because 
the situations that they're put into, if if they're trying to go for this darker aesthetic, really need moments of introspection and drama. And whenever he's around, which is most of the time, there's it it just negates it. He's a he's an introspection sink. Yeah, it's like somebody else will be like, I really don't think this is a good idea. You know, think about the run of it. Yawn, I'm waiting. Did you forget how fast I am? <laughs> good looking and always cooking. <laughs> You're good I, yeah, those. that is a trope. <laughs> now that you think of, now that I think about it, of kind of the jackass hero who always sort of learns his lesson at the end of the day, and then it's a reset next week. It's sort of a roguish archetype, right? Uh, you know, yeah. you have this kind of in your Final Fantasies is like the really, the really strong, really dependable character is maybe like a veteran, but your hero is is the scrappy youngster mm. who always has like a thief class to begin with. And he, but he, you know, he gets he himself to into too much trouble. He gets himself, he steps in a big pile of plot, and that's the only reason he's relevant. <laughs> but he he needs to grow over time. I, I would have liked it if he had approached, you know, this cause with some humility. I would have uh, liked it like, if Tails like stepped in eventually, because I saw him a couple of times, but I don't think I ever saw him, like, sidekick. I barely saw Tails. <laughs> yeah. The... The planned third season that that didn't go through, one of the big uh, story arcs that was supposedly going to happen was Sonic and Tails were going to kind of go on a mat. We're going to kind of go off the group. Yeah, they were going to team up and they were going to kind of go away from the group and kind of adventure. And that's sort of what happens in the com. That's what happens in the comics is after they beat Robotnik, they they realize well, there's really no point staying here. Let's see what's out there. That kind of sounds better, actually. Like, when it's a loner or, like, a duo thing, those attitudes work much better. Yeah, yeah. and not to mention, like, uh, Sonic really needs kind of a big shot of hubris where the sun don't shine, and, you know, having somebody who can fly and is almost as fast as him and is way smarter than him, maybe that could do it. But, but also, also looks up to him. But also looks up to him, and it's like he kind of has to become a little bit mature in that light. That's not what happened in this show, so no. maybe we should stop <laughs> going down... Uh, Imagination Avenue um, yeah. and go back into the podcast Act 1 Podcast Zone Podcast Zone uh, Although I found him verbally obnoxious I will say that the constant like toe tapping and like drumming his fingers on a desk thing that, that felt appropriate mm-hmm. It's just yeah. when he talks that's annoying all of his like speedster impatience affectations work for me pretty good. Yeah, g- given that the their group never really progresses and and those victories are somewhat hollow like that impatience and drive forward actually does lend some like it it raises the stakes a bit it's like oh we have to go somewhere we got to achieve something right now (laughs) i also like how all of the supplementary cast is constantly telling him what an idiot he is (laughs) or like that's this that's the dumbest idea please don't do that he's like i'm so fast i feel like it's interesting because you have the hierarchy of the smart ones then underneath that is Sonic, and then underneath him is Antoine. Oh and go. And <laughs> go. <laughs> so do, did you want to talk about Antoine? Because I was going to paper over him. You know what's funny? He and like, the walrus are totally uh, disposable, in my opinion. Not in all the comic, of them. He, he, again, he starts out as sort of the French cowardice, surrend- cheese-eating surrender monkey. And then he sort of becomes <laughs> a badass. You read tropes as well. Very good. He becomes a badass kind of near issue, I don't can't remember, 90-ish, I think. What does he do? Like, does he get like, a sh- robot suit? Does he I eat too much cheese? And... 
hmm. gets a he gets repl- I don't remember he gets like replaced by a I haven't gotten that far. We'll leave it there. Maybe he gets ro- like half roboticized like cyborg. No, it's not that, but that would have helped. Hmm. Well, um we do have a actual competent uh sidekick character. Maybe not sidekick, but deuteragonist. Uh did mm-hmm. any did you either of you guys want to talk about Sally? Yes. Yeah, let's let's uh let's talk about her. She Sally Acorn, voiced by Kath Susie. So uh this one is uh Phil and Lil, right? Yes. Yep. And you can hear it whenever there's the scream, because the scream and then the voice that she talks with as Sally don't match. But yeah. I like it. It's it's the more mature voice. Um so she's acting as this competent foil to Sonic. Uh she's sort of a leader. Um I thought of her as like Leela or like um from Aegis XLR Kiva in her relationship to Coop. Yeah, a little bit. Uh the 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 kind of hyper competent uh warrior woman who who kind of keeps our main hero kind of under lock and key and and makes sure he doesn't stray from the path too much. Yeah, she and a far more competent voice actress than Sonic, I have to yes. say. She, I'm trying to, th- she first, the first mention of Sally, I think, is in Sonic CD, I think. Was that the one with the kicking intro? Yeah, the you can fly to reach, reach the, the other, other side, side of, of the rainbow. rainbow. Maybe you I'm, not a, your mind. I'm not a professional singer, but what's funny, <laughs> she's, not in the, she's not in the game, but she's mentioned in the manual. Uh, and These then manuals. There's just the game there's this deep yep. lore that just nobody wants to talk about in game. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> also a princess, that... <laughs> like the daughter of King Acorn. Like this, this goes on for miles. In <laughs> my answer is read the comic to, to anything. Do I re- do I really have to though? Like, can't I just ask eh. you if these questions ever uh, arise? Sure, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, I'll be. And yeah, so fine. She... I'm your. I'm your and so she's um. <laughs> You're our Antoine. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just uh, joking. Not even gonna try to do the accent. <laughs> Sally works pretty well as a, as a character. It's just um, it you know it feels like she is the leader, but she has to run every decision by Sonic and see if it passes his impulsive like. Yeah, that sounds cool enough for me to do. Yeah, she she's almost like a hyper competent secretary that's like pulling his strings. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys ever see Zootopia? Yeah, yeah. She's like that sheep character. Sonic, you gotta, we gotta uh, play this a little, a little slower, a little <laughs> more thoughtful. Yeah, maybe don't tweet that. Not yet. <laughs> a little bit much. She's Sonic's PR agent. She's yeah, she's a yeah. pretty good PR agent. She's the only reason anybody likes him. Yeah, we're to understand there's a romantic element there. I I have. To... Yeah. yeah, go ahead. There is a romantic element. Uh, did Did you watch the final episode? I did. I found it like clearly they've been leading up to it forever they had that romantic rivalry with uh with antoine Mm -hmm. but there's there's just so little chemistry there it makes more sense in the comic i I don't think there's no chemistry like the the foil is is kind of there the careful but maybe maybe um slightly uh apprehensive versus the bold and brash Maybe I'm projecting because I would not be able to stand him. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want to date Sonic Zane? Well, not this incarnation of him. But did you want to date Sally? Uh, no comment. <laughs> I have to wonder what the over under is on how many kids' first boners were to Sally Acorn. And not Bunny? I, I, was, I should stop I talking. was pretty into Bunny. Yeah, you were, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's jump out of this 
this well before it goes any deeper. This this could go into problems. <laughs> yeah, this could go into. We will settle this on deviant art, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to let's talk about Doctor Robotnik briefly. Okay. Uh, obviously, trying to be Doctor Claw, do, doing a damn fine job of it. I have to say. Mm-hmm. I'm used to this uh, character being more goofy. Like I said earlier, I don't know what about him. I like so much other than that he's just dramatic and serious. He's pure evil as opposed to other supervillains that are just kind of goofy evil. Yeah, he's not like a Dr. Draken. It's it's Jim Cummings and he knows how to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. The voice actor also the voice acting is is very top notch and I do like that he has that foil to his nephew, nepotism. Uh what's his face? Nibbly? Snibbly. Yeah, who is actually voiced by um Charlie Adler. Uh, Charlie Adler, as we said. So, like, I didn't even s- need to look it up. You can just hear it. Every yeah, it's just Buster Bunny. Every <laughs> time we see him and Snively talking, those are my favorite moments of the show. Yeah, they have sort of the abusive undertone relationship they have, and that they're kind of like a. I'm trying to think that they're. I don't want to say married couple, but they're kind of like a. Like a what skeleton a or a beast man. This is yeah. yeah I was gonna say like it's <laughs> like it's indentured servitude that happens to have respect behind it. King yeah. DDD and uh, Escargoon. There's a ton. There's a ton of these. But it's clear that there's a great deal of, especially in the second season, a great deal of animosity from Snively towards Robotnik. It's clear that he's doing this with some sort of ulterior motive of like, okay, I will help you get power, but the minute you get it, I'm put cutting your throat, dude. Yeah, I I always saw Snively as kind of like he was there because he believed in the company. <laughs> like like he's always just as much pissed off that Sonic is winning. Like he, yeah. he very much wants deforestation and metal metalizing everything in sight. But he doesn't necessarily need Robotnik at the helm. You know, I serve the realm. Yeah, Robotnik is a means to an end. He's yeah, he's I... very much like Varus the Spider in that way. But also, I feel like if Snively weren't there, Robotnik would have won. And if Robotnik weren't there, Snively would have won. Like I feel like at some point, these two have it's to like realize checks and okay. Balances. Yeah, at a certain point they have to realize, okay, this guy is doing me way more harm than good. If I did this myself, I'd be way better off. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Like, I like how good, competent Dr. Robotnik is. Um, I, I'm not ever... I don't really know why Snively is even there. It doesn't seem like Dr. Robotnik needs him. It feels like he had d- done a favor to his sister <laughs> to, like, like allow him to work for him. Yeah, like... Snively, go pull the lever. It's like you you could have just pulled your own lever. You <laughs> yeah. just like ordering people. Despite your shape, everybody you, else you are capable of walking. I've seen it a couple of times. <laughs> Maybe he's just lazy. And he just needs Snively as like a, a royal like like a groom of the stool. Like a yeah, it's, piss it's boy. easy to see him as a commander when he's already in charge. It's a lot harder to imagine him like taking things over bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a very lazy He's sort of resting on his laurels, it seems like. I I would have loved a couple more scenes where, like, Robotnik is kind of like, okay, and now phase three of my plan. Invade Mm -hmm. blah blah gardens, you know? Like, if this is like a a war by inches, then I want him encroaching upon whatever Freedom Platoon Sonic is is part of. (laughs) Freedom Platoon? I don't know. They had some fucking stupid name for, for their... Freedom Fighters. No, that can't be it. It's stupid. It's too... It, like... I, you're right. It's it's called the Freedom Fighters, isn't it? Yes, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't doubt. Oh, the Not Whole Freedom Fighters, just because that's where they are. Yeah, I thought it had a dumber name, but maybe it's just Freedom oh. Fighters. 
knot hole. Yeah, that's where they um, live, apparently. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and those uh, those freedom fighters, um, we had mentioned Bunny. I like Bunny a lot. Yeah, yeah probably my favorite like character design. With, yeah, like, and, the uh, robot legs and then like a leotard, but it's a lady bunny. She and, looks like, a great. Southern accent, like all the fan fictions had a baby. Yeah, it, it's it's voiced by Christine Cavanaugh, whom I did not realize could do a Southern accent. Got it. She has a lot of personality, you know, like the the whole like strong but silent type. Maybe not silent, but she seems a little bit shy or like too bouncy for her strength. Um, Just focused. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah, I, di- I didn't really see enough of her. And I like the casual flirting that she does with Sonic. How she calls him, she calls him something like Sugar Hog or something like that. Sugar, I love that. <laughs> That's so you know, great. She sounds unwholesome. It is unwholesome. Spoiler, spoiler: Do you know what happens to her in the comic? The answer is no. Of course, they don't know. No, no, no we don't know shit. <laughs> That's what issue, you're here for. <laughs> issue one seventy four. She and Antoine end up getting married. Nope. Yep. Nope. Didn't happen. But then. But then we'll never be married. (laughs) (laughs) Why do they keep Antoine around? Cannon fodder. Yeah. I honestly Mm. thought that Antoine was going to, like, betray them. And not just because of the French thing. so useless. Just because of the useless thing. Uh, In the comic, his father was a... One of the top indentured servants to King Acorn, who gets (laughs) kidnapped and roboticized and... Like, he sort of vows to take revenge against Robotnik. Roboticized is, is such a good thing for the enemy to have. Yeah. It just it just makes all of your loved ones into future plot hooks. It's sort of the, it's sort of the Shadow Realm in Yu-Gi-Oh! If you remember what they did with, with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Where, in order to cut out the idea of people getting killed and dying, they sent them to this fictional hell world. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's kind of what roboticizing is. Is It's sort of the way of killing off characters without killing them and then giving the tiny, tiny glint of hope that they will be revived when you know damn well it ain't gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's similar in that way because there is that way out. Like, you can come back from it in the same way that, like, Shadow Realm is so... It's such a nebulous term that... You know, I don't know what a shadow realm feels like. Yu-Gi-Oh is yeah, in, Yu-Gi-Oh is in the shadow realm using his shadow powers for ten minutes. Is that bad enough not to be able to come back from? I don't fucking know. <laughs> if if you have to ask, you're not allowed to know. I believe I believe the narrator when he tells me, "Oh, this is real bad news." I'm like, I guess it's bad news. <laughs> and by like, the so, way, a like, company more cheap than Deke Entertainment for kids entertainment. <laughs> but yeah. but did like, they also have a Sonic show? Sonic X, which oh. is. That one I actually do vaguely remember enjoying. Yeah, you stand alone. <laughs> Interesting. By the by, that's my catchphrase. You stand oh, alone. Oh, you get. Is it like Sonic, like constantly making up new catchphrases in hopes that one will stick, or is this like an established? This is an established one. I don't know if anyone gives a crap about it other than the four people on my podcast. But <laughs> I think anytime, you like it. anytime someone says something I don't agree with, I'm like, yeah, you stand alone. <laughs> I Which think I you jivify it. I think you should jivify it for this episode. You should be like, yeah, well, you stand where you jam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> well, Ben, apparently you're the only one that thinks that. Yep, no. I stand where I jam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about any of the characters. Tails is there. Tails is there. I do like his... I like how he's really, like, young. I mean, obviously, he's a lot younger than Sonic. 
it, it doesn't really come through in the games, but I think he's supposed to be kind of that wide-eyed idealist. Yeah, it, it shows that they got a kid for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the thing that I think Tails should be, is because now he's voiced by some grown woman who I don't care about, but when Tails is best, he's when he's voiced by an actual kid actor. Yeah, I, I like the innocence angle, and I like the kind of, they're off fighting a war, this is like who we're fighting for, these are the innocents at home that we need to protect. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and the idea like, oh, there's there's not enough people left for him not to just be in the barracks with everyone else. Yeah, yeah, he, he's a soldier of necessity. Although it's not really a barracks, it's like, so they go to like robotropolis or whatever to go fight robotnik and then at the end of the day they end up in their little hovel it's like smurf town almost it is it's not hidden at all robotnik knows exactly <laughs> where it is <laughs> why is it so hard i don't know like they if must google have... maps existed when this show was created it would have been like three episodes and done. <laughs> yeah oh, but then so. the gps keeps messing up like <laughs> go left like that's that's a toxic yeah, waste zone like uh like his grandson comes back from the future dr eggman if you wanted to jump in on that, that's fine. But Eggman comes back from the future, just kind of gives him a gives him a phone, gives him a smartphone. Is like you can just hunt them down. They're like right there. <laughs> I feel like fire would be the universal solvent in this situation. If he just knew how to utilize fire for himself, burn the forest down. Congrats, you win. It's strange. He doesn't do things with fire. Fire is not yeah. a verb that he has. It's all lasers or metal. I wonder if he has some sort of, no, I think it was some sort of deep-seated psychological fear when it comes to fire that prevents him from utilizing it. Yeah, like pyrophobia. Like when his machines blow up, that's the end of the, that's the end of the stage. He has to leave. Yeah. Oh, because, you know, because Sonic's hair looks like Maybe fire. it's not because they're blowing up, but it's because the blowing up causes fire and he gets spooked. Oh, that makes more sense than Sonic's hair looks like fire. <laughs> your <laughs> yeah, your idea think... made more sense than mine. <laughs> I smell a fan story. I'm pretty sure Sonic's hair does not look like fire. No. It's got that spikes. Well, okay, the, there's the thing. Does he look like a hedgehog? No. He looks like a Bart Simpson. He looks like a Bart you... Simpson with, like, this weird visor with pupils. Like, you, you know how, like, if you wanted to fool, like, Professor Robotnik at, at uh, Mobius U, then, like, if you wanted, to, if you were too tired, you were running all night doing a bunch of loop-de-loops and launching yourself <laughs> throughout the forest, uh, and you go to class trying to learn, you know, Rings 101 or whatever. Uh, if you want to take Emerald a nap, theory. you cut a ping pong ball in half, put it on your eyes, put pupils on there. But the ping pong balls are too large for you to be able to see the nose there, so they're connected. That's what Sonic looks like to me. That was elaborate. That was, yeah, I'm, I can't really picture that. <laughs> I, I, I have to disagree. But if you, I just remember in the, the anime Sonic X, which four kids did, the, the opening lyric is he comes to Earth, Sonic the Hedgehog, and everyone looks at him and says, it's a hedgehog. And I'm like, even at 12 years old, I'm like, okay, I love Sonic with all my heart. But he's not, he, my first thought when I see him is that is not a hedgehog. That's some sort of weird blue deformed creature. He looks comes more deformed than every other rodent. Yeah hedgehogs are i believe indigenous to earth yeah so, we, yeah your 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 argument makes perfect sense. i was gonna like, let that go <laughs> not hedgehog um, also blue yeah yeah and, and and with cute little cute little running shoes which i think is probably a necessary touch uh, does believe... he ever take them off like does he have like really bad yes. foot rash at the end of the day <laughs> He, he does take them off in one episode, I remember, one of the lamer comedy episodes of the series. This, this is amazing, because I feel like I can just ask you any Sonic fact, and you'll have, like, a source cited, and, like, it's always a better answer than I think it's going to be. 
I again ninety one to about two thousand five. Anything after that, I'm much harder stressed on. So what happened in two thousand six that you like jumped out of Sonic fandom? Sonic, or? Sonic, the he- <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog six. The <laughs> I know. I'm not joking. <laughs> that killed it for you. Which, by the way, I because I I was looking through an old magazine article and I don't think anyone ever talks about this, but the big hype going into that video game was that it was going to be a re the thing behind it was it was going to be a retelling of the first video game in a 3D perspective. No, <laughs> and there, yeah, there was a lot of hype and there was a lot of people looking forward to it, which is so hilarious in retrospect because that's not the legacy that game has. Yeah, remember in Sand Zone two. Act 2, when Silver shows up and uses his telekinesis on Sonic to throw him against a bunch of buildings? I choose not to remember that. I sure do. These nouns are amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I got got kind of flipped up, turned upside down. I'm not really sure where where we're at Um, here. I guess guess we can just kind of like summarize the character segment by saying like, like we've seen these types of characters before. Yeah. And like everything here has been done before. I think... Supporting For cast the most is part, strong. this is not like the best. Hey, animals are all fighting as a team thing. I don't hate it. Like, I think that Sonic is the only character that I fundamentally dislike. Even Antoine, I feel like gets maybe a bad rep. I do agree that he should be evil. Like, he should turn, and that's why he's so incompetent. Uh huh. Yeah. Like he's, um, he's been playing him for suckers. It would also explain why Sonic like doesn't even hide the contempt he has. No, like, he, he saw him cackling to himself one night and was unable to convince everybody else that he was a bad guy, so now they just have to kind of verbally snipe at each other. Oh, uh, this is much better. Yeah. It, this would be a great conspiracy theory if I gave any crap about <laughs> Antoine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in any case, uh, let's let's talk about something else. I, I wanted to discuss, I guess, the... I don't know, the... This this series is pretty dramatic, right? Uh, or or like it's as dramatic as they can get with Sonic lore from this vintage, right? The yes, the yeah. other shows not as dramatic, more more cartoony, I guess would be the the way to put it. Uh, does that work for you, Joshua? Does it work for me that it's more dramatic? The answer is when I was twelve years old. The answer is no. When I was seventeen, <laughs> the answer was yes. Now that I'm. 20 brr, 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 brr. everyone everyone we talk to is 20 brr, brr, brr. it's amazing <laughs> exactly in that tone of voice <laughs> I, feel, oh, I feel like we've got God. some weird selective amnesia zane yeah that could be. <sighs> i don't so what, know what, but I... what made you attuned to it when you were 17 like what what struck a chord um because it's got to be something re- related to like the fact that it actually has momentum and a plot and yeah. um and, and well, some... okay, at, at the time, looking at animation, now we have things like Steven Universe and The Loud House and uh, kind of these sort of, oh, maybe not Loud House, but, uh, you know, these sort of much more dramatic story arc driven shows. Yeah. In 2008, 9, 2007, when we had that, uh, I'm trying, like, what was on Cartoon Network at the time? Cause let's I, not think even... it was, I think it was Flapjack, right? That started the whole <laughs> new boom. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people point to. Uh, I would point to Chowder. I like Chowder, but still, it was Chowder and then Flapjack, and then Ben 10 came along. But Ben 10... I liked Ben and, 10. Yeah, but I, that's a weird one for me, because that, that, it never did it for me the way that Teen Titans did. Teen Titans is solid. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and that I one guess was the, going yeah. off an established franchise, but I, I do get what you mean, like, that these this was the era when you started getting the kind of plot-focused shows where you could actually have a story arc that required that the characters have some dramatic weight to them and that they learn over time and they aren't just joke vehicles or, you know, kind of quirky humor. Mm-hmm. Or like Day in the Life stuff that, that would be a lot of Nicktoons of the era. Um, but like actually having a, a moving plot that necessitated characters to evolve in some way. And they don't do that much here, but they do some of it. They try. Does anyone evolve in this show? Uh, Sally gets a jacket. Yeah, she gets a jacket. Rotor gets redesigned. I know you don't care about that. Well, I mean, like, the, the, the plot has a progression to it. Like, because in, in episode one, we don't know anything about Sir Charles, but that quickly turns a, turns a corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, he's sort of where Sonic can actually, like, have emotion. Yeah. Um, so I do enjoy those moments where he is there. But, yeah, like, despite the overarching narrative, there is a bit of a reset button feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess you're right. I, I, don't, I don't think there's major growth. I think there's just sort of this... In between the first and second season, this sort of like exaggerated uh, features of everyone. But but the plot feels heavy nonetheless. Like e- even in lieu of continuing down the same plot line, it feels like it feels tonally heavy. Like this world of Robopopolopolis or whatever the hell it's called. Um, Robotropolis. Oh, I beg your pardon. Um, <laughs> I have the thing in front of me, so. <laughs> All right, Anquan, <laughs> give it a rest. Um... Yeah, like, this world feels complete. It feels like there was this beautiful, lush world of gardens and and forests and stuff, and it's slowly been eaten away by this ever-expanding corporate empire. And Yes. um, I don't know, just just constantly seeing them having to break into this structure that is Robotnik's world is, it it gives it kind of this this feeling of importance. Like, we're not not playing for nickels here. The stakes are always there. It's just the fact that we don't see that actual progress makes it get stale after a little bit. I guess that's true. I feel like had we had a bigger budget with this podcast, uh, the intro we would have done would have been something like Robotnik is is giving some sort of press junket speech about the expansion of society while the Freedom Fighters picket his speech <laughs> saying that he's a, he's a uh, what do you call those people, a uh, capitalist. Protester cap, yeah, but what would they have referred to him as, like a capitalist, nature-hating psychopath or something? Meat is murder. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> we are sentient. We're, <laughs> we're sentient animals. We never see Except them for the eat. robot. Yeah, actually, now that she's I think only about, yeah, Sonic is eating chili dogs, which theoretically have animal nope. byproducts. Don't worry about it. Hey, yeah, not think, not a hey, pig people. You know? <laughs> yes, we do. It's yep. totally fine. Yes, there is oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry to ruin your. Sorry to ruin the happy shiny pig world, but yeah, there are yeah. pigs. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Know. Of course, you're operating, under the incorrect, you're operating under the incorrect assumption that a pig is the majority of the product in a hot dog. So I, I won't claim to know. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to to make of that trademark food. It feels like it kind of stuck, and nobody was able to kind of kind of get by it. I think that the, their attempt at giving him character traits. I think this I think is the sort first. Of did. The first instance of him eating chili dogs. I think it's this. Did he eat chili dogs in this? I didn't see that at all. Uh, I saw it a lot, and it's like, it does seem something weird and tacked on, and then I think every instance of him doing it in other continuities is just like, 
hey, it's an in-joke until it just became part of his personality. <laughs> yeah, and, and so, maybe it's... Like, it's so weird. And Sonic is so, like, kind of... Uh, it's it's such an unbelievable premise that you kind of don't worry about the fact that the animals are going into chili dogs. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Vegan you could, chili dogs. Yeah, I guess you could, Ooh, but, like... Well, that would work, but I guess. Vegans didn't exist until about five years ago, so... Mm. I know that's not true, but you could do a pretty good product placement with uh, the Sonic franchise. I'm thinking Skechers. I'm thinking Sonic. Uh, what, like burgers? Sonic. Yeah, like a Sonic Burger Place. Yeah. I don't think Sonic ever did, but Wendy's did, and Burger King did, and I think McDonald's definitely did. You could, you could, uh, you could do a Jared's tie-in. You know, Carl's, Carl's Con- Jr. Did. Constantly yeah. with those rings. <laughs> That, try again, but oh yeah, yeah, and the onion rings. So that's like double cross promotion there. That's yeah. pretty okay. good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really have anything else. No, but this is this is a, a thing. Like this character trait of liking chili dogs and just scarfing them down in one bite and being obsessed with like these little like like you would think if there was like a TV show that he would watch, he would just be obsessed with it. Like yeah, he does not fit this drama. Yeah, he loves itchy and scratchy show. Yeah. Like, if, if you were to say, like, remove one thing from this show to make everything feel more cohesive, like, just take him out. Okay, I kind of agree. I feel like this show really needs to not have Sonic in it. <laughs> Sally of Acorn, look out. <laughs> She's got a computer. <laughs> Sally. <laughs> she I, you, sold. A, I, you sold me, man. <laughs> And it can, all be, one, two. it can all be about uh, female uh, empowerment if you happen to be a... I'm going to go ahead and say squirrel? Yeah. Squirrel. Sally Let's of Acorn, she's a squirrel. Okay. Well, I don't Let's know if that. like your last name tells you what species you are. Yeah, because his name is Sonic Hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like I mean, like that was before he moved to America. Before he moved to America, <laughs> oh, Mobius, and he H- became... Hedgehogowitz. <laughs> yeah. He used to be Hedge- Hedgehogowitz, and now he's Hedgehogman. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, uh, let, let's move on to animation. Yeah, so the I, I think what's really providing this sense of, of atmosphere and ambiance is the backgrounds. Um, I totally the- agree. Their detail and just like this, like faded metal with scratches, it it adds to this post-apocalyptic roboscape. It's like, so bleak and drippy. It's stylistically different from Samurai Jack, but it has the same feel and contrast with the with the characters. It feels like, like a post-apocalypse. It it fits, except when they go to Smurfville. Hmm. I feel like the look of it is really. I feel like the backgrounds are always really good. The animation leaves some things to be desired. Uh, mm. Deke animation, I don't know if you notice it, but there's always this thing with Deke animation where, or with this show specifically, I'm sure it's in other shows, where it seems like they animated something at normal speed and then they turned up the speed yeah. to make it look like it was going faster. And it feels like you can't do that in animation, but it feels like with this they did it anyway. No, it feels a little bit like Baby's first cartoon. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of agree. I, I don't think that the animation is as bad as the models. The models really look garbage to me. For the most oh, part, huge, huge character heads. Yeah, the the proportions are really bizarre. Like, I mean, Sonic looks terrible, but everybody else does not look that much better. And like, like in anime, you'll have a big head uh, to a smaller body sometimes. But like, 
that's how you can get a lot of emotion out of the face. Right. Here they're just like, Here they're like these are bobbleheads. I, I they're <laughs> like, I don't dog. know how to make a coyote look like a man that still looks like a coyote that looks like a French guy. Like, I don't know what the proportions are <laughs> What is on a that. Blythe doll? I just have to guess. You don't know what a... You don't know what a Blythe doll is? It was that. Th- it was a doll in the '70s that had this Oblige huge me. head, and it had these eyes that you could pull a string and it would change colors, and oh, they were really jeepers. creepy looking. But for are you some talking reason, about Furbies? No, this thing is haunting. Are you looking up a picture of one now? I'm. I'm looking up a lot of pictures, and they are all creepy. <laughs> what are we dealing with? Turn safe search on, and then search it again. What is it called? Why a Blythe <laughs> doll? B L Y T H E, I think. Blythe doll. Here One of the main categories here and, is Marie Antoinette. And oh shit, Whoa. they're like brats. Yeah, yeah, they were the. It's worse. It's like Furby brats. Yeah, this is a lot of. This is almost exactly how Sonic Am looks. <laughs> Sonic Sad Am. Yeah, these things look like the stuff of nightmares. Thank you for that. I can't look away. Yeah, it's. The eyes follow you no matter where you go. I'm I'm closing that window as fast as I can. The big feature was that you could pull a string and it would change the eye color of the doll. <laughs> why why is that a that's a bug, not a feature. <laughs> Don't ask me. I was not there when they were. You, you weren't consulted. I was not consulted. Had I been consulted, <laughs> I would have given some notes about how they could have improved the doll. Yeah. <laughs> what those improvements would have been, I don't know. Exorcism. This, yeah. The string doesn't change the eye color, but now one of the hands turns into a giant drill. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good. <laughs> what is that a Bioshock reference? I don't even know anymore. I, I, I'm not sure what I was doing. I don't know either. But yeah, that's what ten-year-old me would have suggested. But <laughs> I, I do like uh, Doctor Robotnik's model. Like I think that he looks like really striking. I like yeah, again. He, he like they fine. just didn't know how to do animals. People. They they knew how to do people. People. And they knew how to do people animals in the style of Ninja Turtles, where it's just people with, like, some texture. It's got some animal face on them. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, uh, Dr. Robotnik and his nephew Schneebly, Ned Schneebly, look bo- both look pretty fine. Dr. Robotnik, um, I, I just keep thinking the of the eyes. intro to the, the Adventures of Sonic, where they just, like, keep drawing attention how fat his butt is. That's yep. ridiculous. <laughs> it's absurd. That's That's obnoxious. Like, that's the height of humor in that show. Now, he has a perfect evil guy mustache. That that's like making fun of Trump's thing. tiny hands. Like, yeah, you're doing it because you're classic. afraid of him. Yeah. <laughs> I, his eyes are really interesting. Where, like where they're, evil red. Yeah, yeah they, they, there's no, like, sclera there. There's no white part. It's, it's all madness. <laughs> Did he always have the one metal arm? Uh, no, in Blast of the Past 2, he, he gets his oh, arm gets right. he gets thrown into the robot and part of his arm gets roboticized. That's why he has a metal I, Again, I with the Dr. Claw sort of thing. Like, yeah. I love that irony. Yeah. Or yeah, like, that's pretty good. Like he's, he's uh, you know, dealing his own supply or whatever. <laughs> he's getting an eye on his own supply of robot yeah. parts. Yeah, his, <laughs> that's right. His eyes are just so sinister. His, yeah, it, great, and he's got great, like this great grin, and he's got like this double chin that really works for something, for 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 his kind of character. And he is five times as tall as everyone else. Yeah, he's he's and, like the. Have you ever seen Ego Trip? The Dexter's Lab. Movie? Yeah, he's like a. When when I was like ten. 
He's right. like future Mandark, like that super fat, super large, like evil genius who gets carried around by a by crane. a big winch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, I I think I love I love how how demonic he looks here. Here so is scary. is his big catchphrase is like I hate that hedgehog. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. And then in Adventures, his catchphrase was I hate that hedgehog. Allah. Team Rocket were blasting off again. Huh. That uh. way that it, he would say it and it would kind of fade away. Like, I hate that hedgehog. Oh. Well, that's really ridiculous. I guess it makes sense with, like, the, the kind of catchphrase market that they were, were thinking about with this. Yeah. You know, Bart Simpsons, well, <laughs> etc. Deke was known for, for, season, for getting the property and then animating it. And I'm not sure what their back end was because theoretically they wouldn't have made any money off the merchandising. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I maybe just building their brand. It's uh, yeah. it seems a little strange though. Um, if if you want to talk about music and sound, um, I I do have a few choice choice rejoinders for the dialogue. <laughs> so uh, I mean, this I gotta hear. So, so there's obviously the problem with catchphrases being bizarre and terrible. Most, got a juice. Mostly coming out of Sonic. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Uh, yeah, that that's pretty rough. But this isn't horseshoes. This isn't horseshoes. Was that a thing? Yeah, Is he said it a Charles? couple times. No, he's like uh, when, when people say like, "Oh, we were so close," and he's like, "Yeah, that only counts at horseshoes." I only remember him saying that once. But I'll I take heard your word like for it. Three times. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe I blocked it. Uh, well, the other thing about his dialogue is, like, I can't tell when it's a, when he's trying to just be kind of funky fresh and when he's doing, when the translation job is just terrible. Like when he's there's doing the, a bit. There's that one episode where he's singing a song, he's trying to sing, and it's very, very apparent that Jaleel White cannot sing. Oh, I, I didn't notice that. I, I kind of think I would enjoy that, to be honest. But I just meant, like, the, the, the word choices that he makes are, are pretty... Are pretty heinous. Um, I, I wrote a couple of them down. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I can't tell if this is a bad translation job or just his attempt to be 90s jive. But he gets grossed out by something and his response is, Excuse me while I chunk my breakfast. Yeah. Chunk it? <laughs> you want to chunk your breakfast? <laughs> uh, another At another point, I think this was the one where Sir Charles was piloting a gigantic alligator robot to break some ropes uh, containing a crystal. It, it gets kind of bizarre at times. But <laughs> but when he does it and the crystal drops back down in mission success, his response is large move! Shred that sucker! Again, another flaw, which is the ultimate flaw of all supervillains. Why doesn't Robotnik just go back later and get the thing when they're not there? Because it was such a large move. Like... You just have yeah, to. Gotta, you gotta respect skills, especially yeah, large he, move skills. Oh, he dissed me pretty bad. I can't. I can't yeah, do that, that what again. A, what a sick burn. <laughs> yeah. I may not like. Uh, what is that quote? I may not like your motives, but damn it, you get results. I may not. I may not uh, agree with what you say, but I'll defend you the death. You're right to say it. With well, a robot. What was your What was your quote from? Mine. Yeah. I have no idea. Damn Some it, you guy, get results. I listened to too. I listened to too many podcasts to quote it. I think you listen to not enough if you don't know where the quote is from. Then riddle, riddle me this. Uh, uh, Jay Fisher, uh, Survivor historians. I don't know what he was referencing. Hmm. Okay, Survivor historians. Yeah, 
a podcast dedicated to the history of the the sucky now sucky reality show. Zane? Not a Excuse not me, a Zane. historians of Holocaust survivors. That would be kind of sad. Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, Zane Zane is a our resident uh, survivor enthusiast. It's a really good show to the point of going on to our friend Andrew Spawn's podcast and talking about Survivor for too long. By which uh, I mean, not long. yeah, not long enough. Listen to Survivor <laughs> historians; you'll know about the early years of the show and the history. We don't talk about those. All right. Oh, with the. <laughs> With like the the emergence of the alliances and uh, that one guy who almost died because he was like constipated or something. Am I making this up? No, you are not. He fell into That's a fire. Creepy. No, that was another guy who he yeah he fell into a fire and then he got arrested for having kitty porn. No, I'm yeah. not joking. You, you're talking about Jeff? <laughs> no, <laughs> I will not hear anything about. Anything <laughs> I bad will about not Jeff. stand for this, sir. Zane, thoughts on Survivor set in Mobius? Ooh, <laughs> like. And, and uh, Okay, so the threats are very different Sonic, Sonic and his team set up this game show on Mobius, and the idea is that uh, they're conning a bunch of people into doing raids in the form of uh, immunity challenges. Okay, and, and the idea behind this fails, immunity challenge... The yeah. idea behind this immunity challenge is that you got to jump into... You have to break into Robotnik's factory and steal this power supply. And whoever does it first gets the immunity idol. Yeah. Whoever's voted out will be asked to enter the void and will become roboticized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, Isn't that just making your opponent stronger? Well, that, that's why that's why the reward is always increasing. Yeah. I wonder how far we are as a, as a civilization from replacing our workforce with slave labor that has promised fantastic cash prizes in game show form. I'm still bitter that we don't live in the world in uh, Running Man. Oh, man. I, I've never met anybody else who... Uh... Who watched? Who read Running Man? Running Man. I didn't read it. I watched. I watched clips from the movie. There was a movie. The Running Man. Oh, yeah, the nineteen eighty seven Running Man, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Richard Dawson. Yeah. Uh, wait a second. Wait a minute. Not not that one. Starring the Richard Dawson. Yes, he plays <laughs> the Running Man. He plays. <laughs> he plays an evil game show host in it. Okay. Yeah, I, that was the first Stephen King book I had ever read. And I just, I was too young because it was super grisly for me. Well, I don't have a direct connection to this uh, intellectual property, but I do enjoy Family Feud, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do with that, Zane? <laughs> <laughs> Richard, Richard Dawson. I recognize the name. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, Ugh, getting loopy. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe we should start trying to close up. Um, I did say that. Do you want to finish on animation, though? Sure, go for it. Okay, I was I just didn't... gonna say. Mm, go ahead. I think the animation's fine. It's typical Deke Fair, which again, kind of like the writing, isn't really that impressive. It's very lowbrow, and it definitely would not fly in today's market. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of the souring of the show that you may have felt, or that fans may have felt, was because it does not the the, the animation does not particularly age well. I think the like the backgrounds, like the the artwork, is definitely still pretty good, but everything else. Eh. And I think the deeper issue of like the character models is the problem because like I've seen better graphic Sonic and I don't know, I don't know that he ever quite achieves the like I'm comfortable watching this as though he were a human kind of thing. You have to look at the length and like, uh, like tensity of his hair. I think is is how you judge whether or not it's an acceptable Sonic because it can't be too lanky. But as soon as you turn into like 
this crazy uh this crazy rat tailed dreads thing that he that the that the current incarnations have you you've gone too far yeah did you ever see that episode of the super mario brothers super show where the animation was like unbelievably terrible no like something they had, went like, wrong. a different director something went no, wrong no. like i'm wondering if it was like animated in taiwan or one of the one of the non top tier things but but it's it's hilarious when you watch it because like one character will be talking and you'll hear like you'll hear princess peach saying something and then it'll cut to bowser and bowser will start his mouth movement but you'll hear peach's what peach was just saying finished through what bowser was saying through bowser's mouth Oy. Yeah, and it's Terrible. like that for it, it's not like that happens once. That happens at least like twenty times in this episode. Huh? It just Whenever... stood out in my mind. That's kind of the thing. Deke is Deke was. You know, do you know what Deke? People joke Deke stood for, right? Uh, I don't know what the joke is now. Do it cheap. Do it cheap. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 I, I don't hate that. Yeah, ju- just enough so that it doesn't draw attention to itself. Yeah, I, I always like to think whenever you have an episode like that where everything's kind of out of sync, I like to imagine that the plot of that one is kind of a, you know, breaking the fourth wall segment, like Sonic ran too fast and actually hit, accidentally hit the servers, and now all the animation is screwed up until we can set it right. If that um, were, that would have made that episode so much better. <laughs> it is, the it the is Mario cool, Brothers I... one? Yeah. Yeah, if Sonic... If Sonic... The don't... idea was that Sonic screwed up the... Uh... Oh, they're just all taking place on sound stages next to each other. Yeah, they're they're one lot over in the Mobius <laughs> lot. Well, this was back when they had that huge rivalry that now yeah. is subsided. Oh gosh, that's right. <laughs> the the one that looks hilarious in retrospect. Yes. Yeah, it looks very sad in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Poor guys. Anything about the audio worth mentioning? Uh, it was pretty sparse. Yeah, music felt pretty lacking. There was a couple once... Scooby Doo transitions between scenes, and that's all all I kind of picked up on. Every time I heard Robot... for tenseness. Yeah, every time I heard Robotnik's theme, I thought it sounded like the castle theme in Super Mario World. Yeah, well, maybe maybe you're right. I uh, I only noticed that theme, and then the theme when Sonic is about to do something particularly fast or with a rude, crude attitude. Yeah, there's kind of like this triumph theme, but that that's about it. Yeah, the, and the again, music did not stand is, out here. And this is, like, the third video game show in a row where the game it's sourcing from has really good music. <laughs> yeah, thank, thankfully we can just put uh, that in for the entire episode. Well, there was a... Why didn't they use it? There was <laughs> a... they have... I, will, I can kind of uh, give you an answer. There was a problem. The, the first two games were done by a Japanese group called... Uh, dreams come true i believe and then there was a fallout with with the group and with sega in the interim between that period and i don't think they were allowed to use the music outside of the games after that point hmm. that, that is definitely a shame because i, I, I would have th- added a lot to it since the show kind of is working off the n- nostalgia market um or at least like the established like franchise market like the people who are going to want to watch the show are kids who played the games having that music would have felt really good. I don't that would explain why the adventures use, like, public uh, domain music. I don't think there's ever been a Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon in the United States that used actual music from the video games. And when they brought the anime over to the U.S., they actually used some of the stuff from Adventure 2 Battle. Mm -hmm. 
And for no real nice. reason, four kids changed it. Aw, four kids. Yeah, they're just they're just not doing great today. <laughs> I yeah, was I, I, I can only a, think of the One Piece theme from the Four Kids dub. I have a grudge against <laughs> the Grand I, Line. It's no doubt. If you're wondering why the another reason why I fell out of love with Sonic the Hedgehog, it's when they the Four Kids actors started doing the voices of the characters in the video games. That was another thing that really killed my love for the franchise. And I know I'm like one of 19 people that gave a crap, but there it is. Do you remember which which games specifically that started with? Uh, it starts with Shadow the Hedgehog. So you have the delightful four mm. kids actors who would constantly have to rewrite scripts so that they wouldn't use coarse wording and would constantly Perfect. change things. Now having to voice these characters and having to say words like damn and hell. As <laughs> a shadow walks on screen, let's get yeah, it he, started in. Huh? <laughs> one of the first lines, and I'm not going to do a shadow, is he says, where's that damn fourth fourth chaos emerald and it's the most forced unnatural thing ever it's like they they put the swearing in because they didn't want to get an e rating but (laughs) this was right when e oh man this was right when e10 came out and they wanted a t rating and then e10 came out and they changed their mind at the last minute they just to get the e10 like they have they a bad sense of their priorities actors, like don't swear you know yep. don't don't say anything too outrageous and then by the time they had to they like wince every time they have to do it it sounds yeah. that way that's that's amazing God. yeah i i, I kind of have no uh no hopes that sonic will kind of pull itself out of any sort of spiral but it's sort of been it's sort of been various degrees of dead for the better part of two decades so like you know, I'm not like waiting with bated breath for it to come back or anything. Like, I, I think it, it to me, it really just exists as Adventure Two Battle and the Genesis games, and that's kind of it. And I'm kind of fine with it. Yeah. Again, I, I, yeah, for me, it's 1991 to 2005, good. 2005 beyond, I try not to remember it. And one more time, is there a particular reason that uh, you stopped? watching after all right never mind i'll stop <laughs> yeah i was called yeah oh i wonder if i established that earlier in the podcast <laughs> we made it clear by referencing about eight or nine times we're good Did I mention that i hate shadow the hedgehog the game i feel like you might i feel like you might have mentioned it i actually don't think he was that bad when he showed up is the thing like he's he's a little bit too you know kind of try hard the character. Sonic's emo brother. It's so weird how they take Sonic, the guy who was like, we want to make an edgy dude, and then every iteration of new character is just like, we need kind of more of that to like build the contrast, <laughs> so let's do Knuckles now, and he's literally a Rostaman, and then jump that jump that up into the, like, the stratosphere by throwing Shadow the Hedgehog in there, who probably cuts his hedgehog arms. It's just kind of nuts. And he... And he did I go too far? No. <laughs> I, I didn't have anything to add, I thought. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine and sound. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you want to talk about... I know you want to end this soon, but do you want to talk about what the proposed season three was going to be? Oh, you got to tell us. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was going to be... And they kind of do it with this con- with the comics, but there were three big plot points that we could do. One I already talked about, which was Sonic and Tails uh, kind of going on their own little quest thing. Plot point number two was there was going to be a love triangle between Sonic, Sally, and then someone else. I don't know if it was Antoine or not. Schneebly. Uh, no. 
And then the third, I assume, did you watch, you watched the final episode, right? The, the eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the, do you, do you know, did you look up whose eyes those were? No. Okay, do you care to take a guess? Knuckles. (laughs) The answer is no. Meteor Hill. Well, that was the, this was was the big thing for years, is whose eyes were those? Like, no, like, that was the big thing. What, whose eyes were those in that pod? And the answer is, and if you didn't watch the episode and you didn't read the comics, you're not going to have any idea who I'm talking about. But it's Nagus the Sorcerer who uh, created the void that Robotnik, Robotnik utilizes for evil. And then Nagus has now escaped. And the season three would have been Nagus basically teaming up with Snively and slash torturing Dr. Robotnik. And then huh? season four, Knuckles shows up and takes out Nagus. I would imagine, you know, you're joking, but I imagine that would have been a night. I imagine that was on the the radar. Oh, that no, I I think I remember reading that Knuckles was going to show up in season four. There's <laughs> like they I, were planning that far out. I can't imagine that they would have gone further and not and not had him in at some point. Oh, he's everybody's favorite. I fucking hate Knuckles. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that for free. And that's Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Blue Streak speed by Sonic the Hedgehog. He really he speeded by too fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, hmm. Rip. <laughs> Lest we forget. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I guess I guess we're are we are we heading into admin and stuff? We're, well, yeah. Well, final final thoughts. Um. You know, th- thanks for show, you know bringing the show to our attention. I think the show itself, you know, didn't really add much over other shows that i've seen but it's interesting to see like how they adapted this and like the fact that it's been adapted so many different times means like they never quite found the definitive one well i feel like being the whiny tryhard fan that i am eventually like i don't think you ever could have satisfied anybody like especially with this franchise with, with this franchise more than anything though yeah i mean yeah, I, it kind of means too many different things to too many different groups for you to kind of come up with a canonical version of Sonic. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different pathways and crap and the, the games, and they rebooted, they rebooted the comic, they rebooted everything at a certain point. Yeah. To the Whenever he became them. too much of a gangster or a werewolf. <laughs> or, or, or a knight. Or a six. Yeah. <laughs> or a drummer. Or, or a... Color. a I don't know. Whatever Sonic Jobs is, he's generation. He's like the car, he's like the video game Barbie. He's had over twenty thousand jobs. Yeah. So, um, you know, what what did it? What was it like for you looking back? Uh, it, it's sort of like going back to your like your childhood playground. You remember having so many fun times at when you yeah, were a yeah. kid, and then you go there <laughs> and, and you're smaller. And it's significantly smaller, and you kind of give it. You're like, okay, well, it's smaller. You know, I was small. You kind of, you kind of forgive it for that, and then you go up to it, and you realize everything's kind of rusty, and you think, <laughs> well, maybe it was time, you know. And then you realize, like, you know, some of the stuff, is, you know, some of the paint is falling off, and you know, the, there's some creepy looking things in the sand pit that you don't want to talk about. Like, it's just suddenly, it's one of those things where in your memory, it's a lot better than. Yeah, and you go you go back to the hidey hole in the tree that you always used to keep your your favorite things in, and you reach in for a chili dog, and there's 
It's just not there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just uh it's just a bunch I'd of rather nuts and bolts in there. I'd rather not guess what is inside the creepy tree hole. No, you just you have to stick your hand in there and it's definitely slimy. Yeah. But you just wipe <laughs> it on your shirt and pretend it didn't happen. Oh, this was the spider hole. Oh, <laughs> stupid. I knew there was going to be one of them on this playground. All I can think about um, is that episode of Mike Tyson Mysteries. I, I still need to watch that, man. Can you give me a thumbs up <laughs> or thumbs down for Mike Tyson? Is this a watchable show? Is this a thing that we should do? It's watchable. It's something you could do. I don't know if it's something that's going to be the apex of viewership. I mean, you guys like King of the Hill, and I hated King of the Hill with a fiery passion. Oh, I love sons. King of the Hill. I hate I, it. I kind of want, like, do you have, like, a minute take on this? I'm very curious. Yeah, what, on what why is, I don't like King of the Hill? Is it Luann? Yeah. Uh, it, no. I, is it Peggy? Me, well, okay, there's a number of factors. So, minute take. Okay. Uh, yeah. One, <laughs> critic, one, the critic got canceled for it. Okay, so I'm already bitter about that. Two, uh, I don't like the fact that none of these characters ever evolve. And the number three, the same problem I have with The Office where I find myself screaming at the TV... When do the jokes happen? Make with the funny. I have a different problem with The Office, which is just that it's too awkward for me. I agree that it's terrible. But I, I'm an idiot. I didn't like Fairly Odd Parents either. Well, actually, no, I'm smart for not liking that one. But yeah, <laughs> that one went. That one was hit or miss. I, I wouldn't fault anyone for not liking Fairly Odd Parents for whatever reason. All right. I, I think it did get better actually. Like looking back at it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just have to focus on Jorgen von Strangle. Mm. The Roger Lee Army of fairy kind. <laughs> no, if you're um, gonna have a character then, like that, why not have him voiced by Roger Lee Army? I'll shut up now. <laughs> it's oh, possible that he point. just he refused to do it. I can't. <laughs> I can't actually imagine Roger Lee Army like actually agreeing to anything. <laughs> like, I, like if I would ask him any favor or or like posit any activity to him, I can only imagine him telling me no in the most stark and unapologetic and and unambiguous terms possibly Ooh. possibly disparaging my parent my parentage at the same time Ooh, third season of sonic uh roger Liermi comes in and shows the freedom fighters like how to shape up and become a real military yeah i'd watch that tells <laughs> I mean, uh tells sonic that he's ugly enough to be a, a modern art masterpiece and that the best Part of him ran down he the crack of his is. mama's ass. Uh, yeah, Ben, final thoughts? Nah. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, uh, wait, gotta go Sonic fast. The, the, the show that would be better without Sonic the Hedgehog in it. That's how I feel about it. Uh, surprisingly good uh, uh, supplementary cast, though, which was... Uh, yeah. And I have to admit, I like there's some fascination with hearing like uh, Julia, White in, Julia White in anything else. Like that was amazing. I I can't believe it happened. He was brilliant as himself in the movie Big Fat Liar. Was he? Yeah. He was brilliant as uh, his alternate ego, Stefan Urkel, on Family Matters. Ben. I'm not going to shut up about this, and get get ready. Now, why uh, didn't Family Matters come back? I would rather have Family Matters more than than Fuller House. Didn't uh didn't the main guy from that get into a fight with Uncle Phil and Uncle Phil won? Is that a... No, this is a lie. Yeah, like, I was Is that how things say... work in Hollywood? <laughs> it's a good lie, though, right? Yeah, I bought it for a minute. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like it could be real. Yeah. And he and uh, Julia White and Carlton both did the dance. He does the Urkel <laughs> dance. Carlton does the one to Tom Jones. 
Mm. Anyway. And that's Sonic. Yeah. Lord Mighty One. Yo, we'll write out on that. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thanks so much again, Joshua, for coming on to our show. Uh, I, you actually had a lot of info from the Sonic verse and and the various incarnations of it up until 2005, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, for some reason, yeah, yeah, yeah for some reason you. that we're not <laughs> sure of, but that's okay. And then, and uh, yeah, I, I just yeah, it was really lovely to have you, you on. coming on. Thank you. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, stretching a, a part of my brain that I don't normally get to stretch all that often. Usually it's usually it's MXC or Mystery Science Theater. This is one of the other passions that doesn't come up much. Yeah, so like the nature of your show is actually kind of similar to our bootleg segments, which is where we do uh, uh, movies and follow the plot. This is a little bit different because we have to kind of kind of piece together a bunch of different episodes to a, 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 a whole without follow, being able to follow an actual plot line. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that you added a lot. So thank you very much. Do you want to plug your website again or uh, your uh, podcast or future ventures? Sure. I don't know about future ventures cause I don't plan more than a week ahead, but Fair enough. there's the Misty cast. You can see us at, uh, Misty cast. I think right now we're on SoundCloud. We're having an issue with getting our episodes up on the, on our website. Um, but we've, we've done a lot of interviews. We've interviewed a lot of the people with, who are in Mystery Science Theater movies. We have yet to interview anybody involved with Mystery Science Theater 3000 directly, other than Jonah Ray, the star of the, the current incarnation of the series. That's awesome. Uh, hmm. uh, I've interviewed the entire cast of MXC. That's really the only bright spot in my life. Uh, again, you can go to the JM archives and hear my interview with Paul Abeda, Kit Parker, and hopefully I'll have more in the future. I tend not to interview people who are high up in the industry because I already know they're... A, they've already told their story, and B, I'm pretty sure they're going to say no to me, or even if they say yes, they'll only do you know, small snippets, and I'm really more interested in getting the whole story. Yeah, we, we don't do it because we're cowards, but yeah. whatever the case. Uh, Noted cowards. And, and for those who uh, maybe don't know how MistyCast is spelled, you can find them on SoundCloud.com slash M-S-T-I-E-Cast. Um, and we'll yeah. put a sh- link in the show notes for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've also got, um, this is Uber Nerd territory. I'm trying to find some songs used on an old game show. So Sonic I'm just going to give you guys... Sonic Boom, Sonic Boom. No, I'm going to give you guys a link. You can put it on your web. But uh, uh, BGM, look up BGM Challenge if you want the playlist. And if you can identify any of those songs, uh, we'll talk. Maybe I can give you something, but probably not. Chili Dog? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. You know, fun I'm gonna, fact. I'm going to hold you to that Chili Dog. I've only eaten a Chili Dog once in my entire life. I only ate it because of Sonic, and I did not care for it. Yeah, Chili Dog seems bad. Yeah. It's... There's, there's nothing about it that's better than just having the two separate. Gr- ground You're beef, putting a, ground beef in not a sloppy Joe seems wrong to me. You're putting a meat product on top of another meat product. Yeah, and pretending that's that, that just I, seems to be different. <laughs> that's my bread and butter. In that I do that to make a sandwich. But <sighs> the the chili doggedness. There's just better ways to go about it. Yeah. Yeah, let, let's stop talking about chili dogs. Uh, <laughs> Zane, uh, what are we doing next time? Uh, so next time we are watching the anime uh, Helsing. Yeah, um, I've, uh, it's about vampires. Ben, have you have you started watching it? Have you watched it before? I, I wa- the reason that I'm asking you to watch you and our friend Dan Caves to watch it now is because I like speedballed like six episodes and I was like, all right, I should pump the brakes. We should do this for the Halloween segment. So I've watched yeah, some. Yeah, I, wa- I watched I watched a couple 
it is trying so hard to it, be Cowboy it Bebop. It wants to be Cowboy Bebop pretty bad. <laughs> it's, but it does a decent impersonation. Yeah, it's 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 growing that, on in, me. That intro, man. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um, and then after that, uh, we are going to be going... Uh, we're going to be doing another, uh, having another guest on, uh, one of my friends from a while back, uh, one of our longtime fans, uh, Devin from, uh, from our hometown. She wants to do Batman, the animated series. It's time. Yeah. It's time we did it. I can't wait to try it. I, I know that I generally like the DC kind of universe, uh, cartoons. I, I love Justice League. I love Teen Titans. I'm, uh, I'm. I've heard a lot of good things about Batman the Animated Series. It just I never really watched it, so this will be a lot of fun. How did you never yeah. ever watch it? Just was uh, just, just never... didn't hit me at the right uh, the right age, I guess. Just missed it. Yeah, it's um, you know, it, it's a classic, and we don't we don't do a lot of these like long multi season like classic cartoons. So I'll, I'll be interested to to see how that how that goes. Yes. Just, so if I'm 96, 97, 98, 99, what are you going to do for 100? Are you going to watch something weird like Wish Kid? We, we're, we've got something planned for 100 that Zane and I will not talk to anybody about what it is, but we both know. Okay, What is Wish Kid? You don't know what Wish Kid is? Wish Kid is another... I, I know what Wishbone is. No, Wishbone is something different. Wish Kid was a show created by Deke. And, Deke again. Yeah, and it starred Macaulay Culkin. Oh, in both boy, live sure a- did. in both live action segments and animated segments where he played a kid who had like some sort of I don't I don't even some remember sort of what disease it was. like he had eggs. some kind of no he had some kind of magic wand <laughs> Nick McClary modeled after and voiced by Colkin owned a baseball glove that That's had been it. struck by a miniature shooting star an event that inexplicably enabled it to magically grant oh, wishes fuck off. if punched if punched 3 times <laughs> it grants wishes and then it's like but the wish always goes bad and then the thing that he wishes for always goes away it was limited to use one only why, once. Why didn't they just go as a Kazam the animated series? <laughs> oh man, it would have been way better. Besides, isn't Macaulay Culkin still doing the Iditarod? <laughs> yes, that's right. No, that, that's that's part of our Carton Cast lore is that we. Uh, I just we... heard. I, I just listened to that episode. Oh, you did? Like, like today, I think, or yesterday. <laughs> yeah. and it's that one of those things where I know it's just because I know Macaulay Culkin. I, I've kind of followed him a little bit. Yeah. In case you're wondering, you'll have to forgive us. We're enamored of our own jokes. Yeah. <laughs> we, somebody I'm has to be. I'm enamored of hearing my own voice, so don't worry about you it. You get it. You'll love this episode. The minute this drops, I'm gonna be like, I was on a podcast. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I still got about 50 minutes of talking left, and you're the only person around. I was a total ass on the Scooby Doo podcast on Were you? Uh, Nick's podcast, and I'm just like, listen to me, listen to me, bitch, about. About shit no one cares about. <laughs> you should have uh, you should have been there. Our last episode, it just came out, the uh, Clerks the Animated Series uh, that that just came out. Um, we were lucky enough to have two other people on, and they just constantly argued amongst themselves, like infighting, and Zane and I got to watch with like a bag of popcorn. It's like, it, they're <laughs> just like us. It's like a war going on. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a, certain, it's a train wreck. Of, it's like a happy train wreck that you enjoy watching. <laughs> wow. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. not, not like there's not people on the train. It's like two empty trains there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a you know in the in the feeling of Mystery Science Theater three thousand. It's a train wreck that's so bad it's good. Right. Right. <laughs> that's another thing they do in this show is they constantly say right or wrong, and the other person will say the opposite as though it's a joke. What in Sonic <laughs> or in Clerks? 
in, in Sonic. I don't even remember that. I'll take yeah, your word. someone will be like, uh, someone will be like, hey, now we gotta go this way, right? And the other person will be like, now we gotta go this way, wrong. Yes. <laughs> you could have just said, no, that's incorrect, Sonic. You asshole. <laughs> Sonic, here, here's your Look at my eyes. Book. Look up here. By the, by the by, one last fact. Sally Acorn had a huge following, may still do, has a huge following in Australia. Don't ask me why. Huh. I was I was about to ask you why. <laughs> I don't know. Zane, you're just going to have to go unfulfilled. More often there than than it did here. That's my guess. Mm. Well, I guess that's a good uh, I guess that's a good one to go out on. So uh, anyway, uh, thanks again for coming on our podcast. Uh, if you want to look at what we've got coming up the pipeline, you can go to our Facebook page. You can go to our website, cartoncast.com, to check out uh, affiliated podcasts such as Empowered, our superhero podcast, uh, superhero, superpower-related podcast. You can go to fancybat.com, where our podcasts are. Um, go to iTunes uh, to leave a rating or review. And more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show. Yeah. Um, so uh, you want to lead us out by telling us about how we got a juice or something to that effect? Get ganked before you get wanked. Got a juice. I don't. I'm trying to think of his other catchphrases and I'm blanking. I uh, keep thinking of the other one. It's I'm waiting. I think I'm waiting. Mm. Change.